0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mrs. G's Storytime. We are reading Where the River Begins by Patricia Sanjin with permission of Moody Publishing Company, and we are reading Chapter 6, The Fire. He awoke in the night to a confused noise of Daddy shouting and Mom crying, but he fell asleep almost immediately and wondered in the morning if it had all been a dream. But somehow from then onward, things seemed to go from bad to worse at home. Dad was nearly always out, "'and Mum seemed to have gone to pieces. "'She would scream at Wendy and slap Debbie "'when they had not been particularly naughty "'and kiss and hug them "'when they had not been particularly good. "'It was more than Francis could cope with, "'and he kept kept out of the way as much as possible. "'But school was wonderful that Monday morning, "'not that Tyke took any notice of him "'or that he so much as glanced at Tyke's direction. "'He knew his place and played played with his own friends, "'but there seemed to be an invisible sense of comradeship.' and it seemed glorious even to be sharing the same playground. Besides, it was only six days to next Sunday. On Tuesday evening, he dared to saunter around and look at the damage. The glass was shattered, the receiver broken, the connection cut through with wire cutters, and the place looked like a shambles. He was feeling a glow of pride at his own part in such a satisfactory job. When Rom, whose house was just opposite, saw him and came hurrying out, he thought Francis had come to visit him, and his small brown face was alight with joy. Francis, who liked shab- Shabtlad, which is kind of an Indian pancake, he let the mistake pass and follow him into his living room. Ram's father was there, and he too seemed pleased to see Francis. He spoke English quite well. We're going to a parent-teacher meeting at the school from 7.30 to 8.30, he explained. Tara's in bed, and Ram will all be alone could you not come over and play with him and you can buy fish and chips at su- for supper at the corner shop and I'll take you home about nine. Francis thought it was a very good idea although he did wonder for a moment why his own parents were not ge- going to the school meeting. He quite liked rom when there was no more interesting no one more interesting around and he somehow really liked to had good toys. Also Francis loved fris- fish and chips. I'll ask my mother he said and darted off and his mother, as he had expected, was quite relieved to know for once where he was and to have him safely out of the way. He was getting more and more quarrelsome and difficult at home, and the little girls became quite unmanageable when he was about. Besides, she said she had a headache coming on. Once the parents had left, he and Rom settled down to the complicated game of armies in the rug. They arranged regiments all over the room and knocked them down with marbles. "'It was nice and warm with a gas fire on, "'and they pushed the sofa towards the wall "'to make room for their game. "'After a while, they felt hungry "'and set out for the fish-and-chip corner shop at the corner. "'It was only a few minutes away, but there was a line, "'and it took some time deciding "'whether they wanted fish or hot pies. "'They trotted home under the stars, "'chatting and eating chips, "'and as they opened the front door, "'they recalled in horror, "'clouds of gray smoke billowed from the house, "'knocking them backwards, rob gasped for the situation first it's the sofa he screamed too near the fire francis phone the police and fire engine 999 my father told me always 999 i get tower he dashed from the, for the staircase but was driven back blind and choking three times he tried and then then knew it was impossible he gazed at the window for it was shut as yet he could see no flames only suffocating smoke he must call the police the neighbors and surely the fire engine would be here in in a moment he looked around wildly and realized that the telephone booth was wrecked and the city as yet had done nothing about it francis too had remembered as he turned and the thought had struck him like lightning this so this is the price of wrecking a phone booth little tara's life perhaps he had been so proud of his part in it but it was only a passing thought for there was no time to lose. He banged on the door of the nearest house, but the occupants were out. He knocked at the next, and they had no telephone, although they ran out to help. It was clearly no wasting good wasting time. Perhaps none of these little houses had telephones. He had better run home. His mother would know what to do. Never before he'd run so fast. Last time he, he had run, Tyke had been watching him, but now it was little Tara's life at stake. He ran into that glorious street light, for the glory had departed. He he arrived home completely out of breath, but his mother smelled the smoke at once and rushed to the telephone as he gasped out a few words. Fire engine and ambulance, 75 Draper Street, she shouted, and there's a child in an upstairs bedroom they can't reach. She suddenly seemed immensely strong and swift and capable, and Francis wondered if he had ever known his mother before tonight. The ladder, Francis, she cried, is in the garage. Take one in, I'll take the other. Don't talk, run. No, Wendy, you can't come. Go back to bed at once. They had certainly never known that his mother could run so fast. He could hardly keep up with her. This was a wonderful run, and he and his mother together to save a life. As they turned the corner, they saw the neighbors were already coping and had turned their garden holes onto the blaze. Only their ladders were too short, and already flames were leaping in the house. The smouldering sofa was ablaze and the curtains had caught. One neighbor in particular seemed to have taken charge. "'Hurry up,' he shouted. "'Keep the hoses on. The ceiling will go any minute. Give me your belt and suspenders, anything to tie these letters together. The girls in the front room,' he says. "'Get a hammer and a wet towel. Mate, I'll have to break the glass.'" Everyone was running in and out of the houses, helping, bringing what was needed, and the joined letters were just being holstered up when Francis and his mother appeared. "'The neighbors shunned up, and there was a crash of falling glass. "'He fumbled for the catch, but drew back and blinded by the smoke. "'I can't see the bed,' he shouted. "'Where is it?' "'I show you,' shrieked Rom. "'He clambered up the ladder like a monkey "'and pitched himself through the window after the man. "'Holding his breath and with his eyes shut, "'he guided him to the bed where Tara lay, "'Huddled under the bedclothes, limp and helpless, "'the man picked him up and slung her over his shoulder. "'Now the window was open and the smoke was, was less dense.' Get her into the fresh air first, gasped the man, clambering out. Now come on, son, keep it up. You can take a breath now. They all seemed to slide down the ladder together and collapse on the ground. Eager hands took Tara and laid her on a rug on the pavement. Rom was covered with blood, for he had fallen onto the broken glass, and his face and hands were badly cut, but he hardly seemed to notice. He took great, some great breaths of fresh air and struggled over to where Tara lay, with a little group of women kneeling round her. One, or, one of them was giving her artificial respiration she alive gasped ram i don't know dear francis's mother putting his arm around around the sooty bloody bloody little figure i think so i hope so the engine and the ambulance should be here by now but of course there's a delay in the phoning it was wicked messing up that phone booth like that murmured another woman may have cost that kitty her life at that point, they heard the blessed sound, the high siren like wails of the fire engine and an ambulance, and everybody stood back as the men rushed into action. But Francis hardly noticed the fire tra- firefighters. His eyes were fixed on the limp little figure that was Tara. And just as they were lipping, lifting her up into the ambulance and fix, fix, fixing up the oxygen mask, her parents came walking down the street from the bus stop. Francis's mother ran to meet them and steered Tara's dazed mother in in beside the stretcher you better take rom too she said she said he's dreadfully cut she turned to the father who was weeping and beating his breast who has a car she asked and could take tara's dad to the hospital several volunteers stepped forward eager to help and as a bewildered man climbed into the car she lay she lay her hand on his shoulders when you come back she said come straight to our house for a meal 23 graham avenue we'll expect you any time, night or day "'What'll Dad say about them coming?' asked Francis as they walked home with the ladder. "'He doesn't like immigrants. He can say what he likes,' said his mother shortly. "'That's a very, very brave little boy, Francis, and you ought to be proud to have such a friend.' They put the ladder away and made themselves tea and sandwiches at the kitchen table. They had stayed to watch the firemen get the blaze under control, and it was quite late. The little girls were asleep, and Dad was still out.' Francis, shaken more deeply than he realized by his part in what had happened, sat very close to his mother. "'How did it start, Francis?' He asked, she asked, sipping her tea. "'I don't know. We were at the fish and chips shop. I think Rom pushed the sofa too near the gas fire because we were playing a game. Mum, do you think Tara's dead?' "'I don't know. I don't think so. Her heart was beating. Pray God she'll be all right.' "'What good does praying do, Mum? "'I'm not sure. I used to think it helped,' Nothing seemed to help anymore. I wish you went to Sunday school, Francis. I wish you could all grow up good. I don't know what to do. Her tears were falling into her teacup, and Francis flung his arms around her and clung to her. Without knowing it, he had learned many new things that night. The price of destruction, the beauty of courage, the value of life. And now, held close in his mother's arms, he suddenly knew where he really belonged. I'll try to be good, he whispered, but Wendy does pinch first. Tyke's rule was tottering. And tomorrow we'll read chapter 7, In Trouble. I love you, I'm praying for you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.